Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. A long, long time, uh, Michael got his doctorate in, what is it in? Uh, performance, psychology, music, that sort of stuff. Great. Yeah. So you started with a, a degree in music, a Bemis, wasn't it? Yes, right, yeah, music study. Yeah. And then you added to that a dip ed. Is that correct? Uh, Masters of Education. Oh, yeah, I beg two, your pardon. Two years of that. Okay. That was fun. And then after that? Uh, along the way, we do bits and pieces. Uh, so some, some, some certs in training and some, some certs mm-hmm. in coaching and management and then a doctorate after that. Yeah. Okay. What yeah. was your thesis on? Uh, thesis was all about how to understand why performers do what they do. So why do certain performers like to play in groups? Why do certain performers go to classical? Why do people play in church? What is the fundamental rationale or reason behind these different music performance wow. avenues? Mm. Now, I know that you have had a lot of experience. I read your thesis. Mm, that's right. Thank, Thank you for sending it to me. And you found two mistakes. That's right. <laughs> two, two, two spell, yeah, spell check. He's a very good uh, editor. Very spell good check, editor. yeah. Uh, but a- apart from that, I remember there was a couple of conversations with some of the leading music promoters in Australia at one point who really saw your talent, wanted to take you and make you into a, a bit of a superstar. Oh, yeah. That's right, yeah. And yet you felt like God had given you a gift, not just to entertain, mm. but for a different reason. Mm. Now here you are today, you also lead the King's Worship Academy. Yep. which quite a number of our team have been a part of. Right. And you're about to kick off the next year of that. Yep. I know some of our team, like Tendai, is enrolled for this year. And can I just say on behalf of the church in Western Australia, because there's so many churches, it's not just this church at all, mm. but so many churches have been so blessed, their teams have been strengthened, because of the work you and Linda do at the King's Worship Academy over and yeah. above all of that. So yeah. thank you for not going on to become, you know, a superstar musician, <laughs> but becoming a superstar leader instead. A pop star lying in the gutter. Yeah, I'd rather serve God. That's absolutely. Um, and I think the great thing is that uh, the, the Worship Academy actually started through our church here. Yeah, so sure. the, the ministry continues in, in, in yeah. this next phase. So if anybody wants to know some more about this, wasn't meant to be an ad. I just, I just love your story. Mm. And I love the mm. fact that you and Linda have continued to follow the, the direction and the leading of the Holy Spirit, even though sometimes the other direction might have been incredibly attractive yeah. in lots of ways for your ego and for all your, your finances. Here you are. Uh, if somebody wants to know more about Worship yeah. Academy, are you going to be around afterwards? Yeah, so Worship Academy is about you know, how to use your gifts and talents in a way that serves God and serves the kingdom and grow in your passion for uh, understanding what worship is. Right. Um, so we do that once a month at the King's Worship Academy. So, I'll, yeah, I'll be out in the Connect Great. Hub. Great. Just if you want to ask questions about it. I don't have any brochures with me, sorry, but I can, I can forward you to the website, kingsworshipacademy.com. Well, Father, we thank you for Michael. We thank you for Linda. We thank you, Lord, for everybody here that's working in some way or other to help people grow in every way, Lord, whether they be involved in counselling, whether they're involved in family restoration, whatever area of life they're in. Father, we thank you for them. Thank you for the doors that you're opening up for Michael and for Linda. Lord, even bigger doors. Lord, it's not the end. They're not getting towards the finish line. Rather, they're just still in the race and there's so much more to come. So we bless them today as well. Thank you, Lord for strength. Thank you, Lord, for health. Thank you, Lord, for insight and for wisdom. In Jesus' Name, Amen. Let's welcome Reverend Dr. Michael Battersby. Thanks, Pastor Jeff.
very humbling when you're your pastor. We always want to honour our pastor and honour our leaders because there is a weight of, of responsibility and care and passion and sowing uh, that Pastor Jeff and Ronna have done for years. So it's very humbling when, when they, when they thank, uh, thank you. But I know that they're very appreciative of everyone that partners with the, the vision of the church. And if you're online, you've been, you're a part of that as well. And so today, Pastor Jeff thought it would be great if I should share a little bit about what is it like to go on the journey of learning and the fact that we never arrive, even though we might finish grade three and go to grade four, uh, there's always still new things to learn. So whether you've finished school, maybe you've, you know, even, even if you've retired, you think, well, I've done everything. I was just talking to one of our professors out on the, uh, one of our wonderful ushers, he's a professor, out on the, on the street. I said, he's going to retire, but I'm sure that there'll be things that God will want him to continue to grow and contribute to, to the world with. So it's a great journey. So this morning's message is called L-Plates. Everyone say L-Plates. And loving it. Do you remember when you got your L-Plates? Is anyone currently on their L-Plates? Anyone in, got their L-Plates at the moment? Okay, so it's safe to drive home on the way from church. L-plate drivers. I, always, I, have, I have a lot of, lot of sympathy, empathy, grace for L-plate drivers because I know at that time it's like everything, anything that moves is like, <laughs> and you're, you're riding the brake, you're riding the clutch if, you, if you're using a, a manual. Does anyone actually have a man, own a manual car? Hands up if you own a manual car. Oh, okay, a few old school people. Well, this morning is about L-plate, but not about driving so much, but about learning, be a learner for life and, and realizing we never actually fully arrive, but we continue to grow in God and thank him for the opportunity to grow. And God knows what we're capable of. He knows what we're truly capable of. We think we might be, know what we're capable of. People around us, they think they know what we're capable of. And often that's not the case at all. And uh, not that we don't listen to people, receive input and encouragement, but God is our ultimate source. He's the blueprint writer. He's the creator, the author and perfecter of our faith and our journey. So we've got to connect with him. So this morning we're going to learn from him. Excuse me. <laughs> that's the problem with early morning worship. It, it moves all the bits of phlegm to the part of the... That's right, it's gone. All right, so in, in case I haven't seen you... Well, I've lost my foldback. What's going on? Okay. Hey. Thanks, Daryl. If I can get that back, that would be great. Um, so happy, if in case I haven't seen you this year, Happy New Year. Welcome back uh, from holidays. That's great. Thank you. So Happy New Year. Turn to the person next to you and say Happy New Year in case you didn't get the memo. All right. Hands up if you've got New Year's resolutions. Be brave. Put your hand up if you've got New Year's resolutions. Yeah. Keep your hands up. Okay. Who's brave enough to come up the front and tell me their New Year's resolutions? No one. Okay, didn't think so. All right, I was going to ask some. Maybe gonna, I was going to ask some students. Uh, they probably run up and say, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. This year I'm going to finish grade five, the top of my class. This year I'm going to be the, the, the voted most likely to become a princess." Um, you know, kids are just. You know, they're really they're really up for it. But I'm sure you've got different opinions about news resolutions. Maybe you're so so over them because every time you started them within the first two or three days of the new year you'd scrap that you know that diet plan that behavioral plan that i'm going to be patient i'm not going to boot beat uh beat i'm not going to beep <laughs> thank you i'm not going to beep people on the road i'm going to be patient driver okay we failed that one on the first day right um i'm going to i'm going to go back to study oh no uh, I'll do it next year next year is the year and so i want you to I want to encourage you that who you're becoming in spite of the failures and mistakes 
along the way, who you're becoming on that journey is actually more important than just arriving at that goal. It's the journey of progress. It's the journey of trusting God like you never have before. It's the journey of having an open heart to say, maybe I don't know everything. I'm going to stay soft and sweet, no matter what the world tries to throw at me to make me bitter and hard and defensive. I'm going to stay soft and sweet. So whatever comes along the way, it helps me in that journey. It's a gift. So it might be a very clear goal you have, but you know what? It's not about the goal. It's about who you're becoming in pursuit of that. And this morning we're going to talk about learning. Um, we're going to learn from someone very particular in the Bible who has been an inspiration to me because the best teacher is one that you respect, one that you relate to, and one you also realize has had to learn the hard way and this makes sense to learn from their mistakes. So someone you respect, relate to, and realize they've had to go through that. And, uh, you know, it's, I'm, I'm I'm sure this person is no stranger to you all. It's King David. King David is an awesome leader, man of God. And so we get, this year we're going to learn, uh, and I've got two minutes for each one because we've got a bit less time today. So two minutes for each one. So instead of two-minute noodles, okay, I'm going to give you two-minute noodles, N-E-W-D-L-S, which stands for Discipleship Learning System. So two-minute noodles, all right? So each of these little two minutes is going to help you grow in your life as a lifelong learner and as someone who follows after the heart of God. And we're going to learn from the, 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 the wonderful King David. So let's pray and ask God to teach us this morning. Father, thank you for your word. It's alive and active and it's sharp and it cuts off things that are uh, maybe causing us to be st- uh, stodgy or blocked or feeling restricted, we thank you, Lord, if maybe we feel bound up with, with pressure and expectation, or maybe we've got a sense of disappointment as a, like a lid over us. We thank you that the Word of God will come and do its surgical work to remove the, the things that stop us from growing and create a fresh, clean, vibrant heart in us to serve and follow you. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so here's our seven W's. Today is brought to you by the letter W in case you didn't get it after the first three. The first W we learned from King David is how to worship. Everyone say worship. And when I say worship, I'm not talking about how to sing beautiful parts or the right dancing moves. Uh, You know, uh, we've got different expressions of worship, different ways we worship. But David was someone who was very clearly a worshiper because he knew how to seek God and put him first. Before he was a king, before he was a warrior or a great leader or even a shepherd, he was a worshipper, someone who knows how to come into the presence of God and say, Abba, Father, Lord, I love you. Lord, I trust you. That's what a worshipper is. He was, a, he was a man after God's own heart. First Samuel, if we look at the scripture, First Samuel 13, verse 14. But now your kingdom shall not continue. This is talking about King Saul, who tried to do, tried to lead the people of God in his own fleshy professionalism, trying to keep everyone happy and trying to be a good king. Didn't work. The Lord has sought for himself a man after his own heart. And the Lord has commanded him to be the commander of his people. So David was that person. So God wasn't looking for a great warrior. He was looking for someone who knew how to worship, how to put him first. So what does it mean to be someone after God's own heart? If someone was to ask you, are you, are you someone who's got a heart after God? Oh, and you turn to your wife and say, darling, do I? Am I pretty good like that? Or maybe you ask your kids, you know, do you think daddy's got a great heart for, for God? What would, how would their, what would their response be? Well, you can, you, you can answer this question if you can answer. 
respond to this statement. Someone who's got a heart after God is someone like David, someone who seeks to actively live in obedience to God while being captivated by the beauty, sufficiency, and necessity of God. And one who also responds properly when confronted with his or her sin. That's my definition of a a person after God's own heart. Someone who is seeking actively to live in obedience to God while being captivated by the beauty, sufficiency, and necessity of God. And one who is responding properly when confronted with his or her sin. So let me ask you as we start a brand new year, what are you chasing? What's your goal this year? What's your thing that you're looking forward to make you happy or feel fulfilled? What occupies most of your thoughts at the moment? What's the thing that seizes your attention more than anything? Who are you trying to impress? What's your life about? When you go to work, when you wake up in the morning, who are the people you're trying to impress or earn either affection, approval or applause from? Those things will determine the loyalty of our heart. But if we go all in for God, put him first, and we, and we can develop a lifestyle of gratitude, faith, and surrender. That's what worship is. Gratitude, faith, and surrender. So when we come in the morning and say, God, thank you that you're a good God, that you made this day. This is the, door, the day the Lord has made. Lord, I believe that you are enough for me. And Lord, I surrender my heart that anything that's wrong, Lord, I just ask you to, to touch and change me. I repent from my own selfish, sinful way, and I, I trust your way of light to lead me. If you did that every morning and along the way when someone cuts you off in traffic or someone puts you on an extra roster on your duty at, at, in your office and you get the temptation to be cranky, just remember, I'm a worshipper. I'm like David. I've got gratitude, faith, praise, and surrender. All right, that's the first W. We learn how to worship from David. Number two, we learn how to wise up. What do I, what do I mean by wise up when someone says to you, wise up? Well, wise up to who God made you to be. Do you, really, do you really know who God wants you to be or are you still trying to figure it out? If we don't figure that out, and obviously, we obviously think we would have figured it out when we're maybe you know, 15 or 20 or 25 or 30. I thought I had to figure it out at 40 and realise I'm, I'm still trying to work this thing out. Who God's called you to be. That sense of identity. Those differences that each of us have that we might despise or be curious about or may, may even think are a distraction or, a, or an issue. But actually, in the hand of God, they are a secret weapon. The things that make you different... In God's hands, actually a secret weapon. We need you to be different. David was different. He went to an army, went to a battle, went to confront a giant with five stones. That was his difference. The minute he tried to put on someone else's armor, someone else's way of fighting, someone else's way of doing things, someone else, someone else said, this is the way you do this. This is the, the app you need on your phone. This is the way you do And there's things we can learn and, and adapt. That's fine. But if you're fundamentally changing a core part of who you are and the way you are wired to be, you're always going to be floundering. You're going to be trying to carry armor that's not yours to carry. Until that very final day that we lie in a box, until that day where we're in that box, every person on the planet will try to put you in some kind of box. Oh, Michael, I've got people they see, oh, he's the piano player. He's that piano player. Oh, Michael, Michael, he's that funny, funny guy, you know. Michael, he's that aggressive driver. 
Michael, he's that guy with the fuzzy hair. You know, the, uh, Michael, oh, he's my, he's my second son and, and actually my, my favourite son. You know, the, 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 there's boxes that people will put you in and uh, some of them might be nice boxes, but, uh, some of them not good boxes, they're limiting, it's not who you are at all, it's only one part of who I am. But that's what people's job is to do. People do that because they fundamentally need to be able to very quickly sum you up because the rest of their life they're trying to work out where they're going. So, okay, they're, they're, the, they're the doctor. Okay, they're cranky. I'll stay away from them. They, they very quickly, um, what's the word, oversimplify, you know, reductionism. They reduce you to one thing. And that's and if you, oh, okay, I, I'm, I'm the piano player. Okay, I'll best just stay. If I was just the piano player, I wouldn't be talking to you today. So I realised I'm also a communicator and someone who maybe can share some thoughts and insights with people. So I developed that part of who I am. So what are the parts of you that you maybe have been hiding because you think it hasn't been recognised, but it's really what God has made you to be. So get comfortable in your own flow. I remember in the early days of COC, when it was COC, our church was called Christian Outreach Centre before it was Metro. And uh, when I first became a care pastor, uh, like one of our pastoral um, team that helps look after people, I remember the first time uh, Jeff was away uh, at a conference somewhere and I was, on, I was asked to lead the, the prayer meeting for the first time. And I remember getting there, very nervous, had to lead this prayer meeting. And one of the older care pastors came up to me and said, put his arm around me and said, now, Michael, you've seen Jeff do it for years. Just do it like Jeff does it. You know how he does it? I go, yeah, I'll be, I've been watching. So, and so there I go. I close my eyes and I start, thank you, Jesus. And then I go, and we bind it and we speak to the north and we speak to the south. And I knocked out an old lady to my left. This, this clocked her. Down she went under the power of Michael. So the lesson to be learned is be yourself. If you try and be someone else, it gets dangerous real quick. Uh, no, I do like to make a bit of noise, but um, obviously you don't have the spatial awareness that Pastor Jeff has when he's, when he's praying. <laughs> Number three, work. Okay, are you with me? Number three, work. We're going to work like David worked. I have a very quick hierarchy of importance, which will help you know, answer all your business problems, all your culture of, of the office, or even how to do family life. Here it is, hierarchy of importance. What you do is important. But it's not as important as how you do it, which isn't as important as why you do it, which isn't as important as for whom you do it. Someone's, oh, that wasn't from Harvard Business School. That's just from uh, one of my, which is another point coming up, point six, which talks about curiosity. Think, what, does it really matter what you do? It does matter what you do, but how you do it. Because sometimes you're given something to do, you have no option. You don't get to choose what to do. You have to do this. You have to go to school. You have to clean up the mess. You have to go and talk to your family. You have to... So you can't choose about that. But you can choose how you do it, with the right spirit, with a, with a heart of enthusiasm, with, with a grace to want to lift up others. And the why you do it is because you can see a bigger picture. It's part of a bigger end and the sort of person you want to become in doing that. And of course, for whom we do it, it's all about him. God, if you can get glory out of this, I'll sweep the floors and I'll do it vigorously and I'll help build what you've called me to. David looked after sheep. He was a shepherd. What he did. But why he did it, how he did it and for whom caused him to become someone who could lead a nation. So never despise what you do. Just make sure you do it with that in mind, the how I do it says a lot about who I am. 
The why I'm doing it talks about where I'm going. And the for whom I'm doing it talks about my overall motive and what God's called me to be. And I know that we've all had this experience, particularly recently, and I don't know where everyone's gone, but the hospitality and the service industry at the moment, put your hand up if you're, in, if you're either in sales or in customer service, give me a bit of a wave. See, there's no, there's, they're, all, they're all gone on holidays. No, thank you, God bless you over here. You know, go to a store, it's like, you ask a question, oh, I don't know. Do you work it? Yeah. Can you show me where to get the product? I don't know. You know, it's just like there's, a, there's a, either a lot of training required or people have switched off. Has anyone noticed that? Like just customer service, getting things done, getting, getting you know? Okay, I'm, I'm, just the, I'm just the cranky one. Don't put me in my cranky box. I'm not... <laughs> but I go into a particular company. I won't name the company. Um, it's a good story and a bad story. But one, one of the, person, the people in this company, I asked them where such and such was. I asked them where this photocopy paper was. And it's like, I don't know. It's, it's over there somewhere. Uh, I looked over there. It wasn't there. I don't know. I guess keep try, try, try again. Try another aisle. It's, it's just like, I thought, okay, okay, no worries. And I went back another time and asking about something else. And this person got someone to man their station. And they said, okay, let's go and have a look for that, shall we? And they came with me to try and find something. And then we couldn't find it. And they, they get on their little thing and they try and see if there's another store. In fact, they ring someone else. They go out the back to dispatch and go, you know what? We've got a few on the way. Let me see if it's on the pallet for you. And they're hunting this thing down for me. And I left the store with a whole different experience. Not because of what they did. They were both customer service people in a stationary-related supply company. But one made me feel like I was a special, valued human being who was empowered to get my job done by someone versus I was a nuisance and an annoyance and interruption to someone's day, all because of the way they served. So David was such a person. He, he ran at Goliath. He said, Dad, I can help. I can be part of the answer. Let me come down. He had that enthusiasm. Enthusiasm comes from the the two words, en, which means within, and theo, meaning God. He had God within him, and he was about to let it explode out onto the scene. You might be a bus driver. You are not just a bus driver. God, God showed me this. When I was watching someone driving a bus, and I thought, I hope they have the attitude of uh, not, not, I'm just, uh, you know, I'm a public servant. I'm just getting, this, you know, getting these people from A to B. Can't wait to finish my shift and this, you know, all the mess I've got to deal with, the banana peel and abuse from people. I hope they don't see it like that. I hope they see themselves as someone who's getting a single mum home to her kids, taking an old man to his favourite park to have some moments of levity and grace, helping a businessman get to an important doctor's appointment because his car's in the shop, keeping the economy going and moving people towards their dream. I get to smile and bring atmosphere to hundreds of people every day. And besides that, I get to drive a $1.5 million beast. There's that Pastor Jeff move again. Seriously, the way you look at what you do. So David was such a person. And um, Psalm 95, we haven't got probably time to read it. Psalm 95 talks a lot about that. Come on, everyone. Let's sing for joy to the Lord. Let's shout our loudest praise to God who saved us. Everyone that comes, don't hold back your praises. The shouts of joy. He's the greatest of all. And he talks just about just being extravagant, being explosive with your praise. So, and when you go to work, be like that. Be someone who brings it, bring it for, for God. Number four is war. Let's war like David. War like David. Who's, who likes to fight? Who's a fighter? No one's going to put their hand up for that one. 
Someone likes a good fight, it could be a good argument, or, you know, don't mess with me, you know, I'll, I'll protect my family. And some, some of us are less, a bit more meek, a bit more the peacemaker. You know what, David was a very melancholy, perfectionistic, sensitive, artistic soul. So God had to teach him how to fight. First he started with the lion, and then the bear. I mean, I would have started with a kitten, or maybe a, gro- <laughs> maybe a, a cockroach. <laughs> but he started with a lion, bear, Goliath. And they prepared him for his real enemies. Real enemies, rejection, contempt, intimidation, distraction, betrayal, sin and disappointment. They're the real enemies that were going to come against David as he served God and stood up for the nation of Israel. So just a reminder, every little battle or every little problem that comes along is merely a training opportunity for a future victory God's prepared for you. Don't resent, oh, there's this hassle with this person. No, 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 awesome. God, you must have a great victory ahead for me that's even bigger than this. I'm going to be able to help a lot more people or break through or become stronger if I deal with this right. So don't run away from the fight. Just do it God's way, of course. Unfortunately, the big lesson with David was that when he should have been fighting one time, he, his biggest battle was against his own selfishness and his own comfort and that was when he sinned. That's when he took another man's wife. And the downhill thing happened for him then. Psalm 119, verse 37. Help me turn my eyes away from illusion so that I can pursue only that which is true. Drench my soul with life as I walk in your paths. So focusing on God, then you'll know what you're fighting for. Number five, almost getting towards, towards the pointy end now. Win. David knew how to win. He knew how to set goals. He even said to the king, what should be done for the man who kills Goliath? He wanted to know what was in it. He was very goal-driven. He had a plan. He had a plan to build God a house. Unfortunately, because he was a man of war and there was blood on his hands, his son had to build that for him. But there was a passion. There was a plan behind David's life. I want to share just a little thought with you. It's not a new age, you know, neuro-linguistic programming thing, although there is... Uh, a lot of physiology and psychological basis for this. When we celebrate, we tend to, as Christians, we go, okay, that's really great. Thank you, Lord. And we move on to the next thing. We don't celebrate well. Certain cultures, when they win something or something happens, someone has a baby or someone gets a new job or someone reaches a certain age, they celebrate for days. They really go, the dancing and the food and the feasts, you know, there's part of us as little kids, when we, as little kids, when we win a race or we're excited, we go, yay! And you've all heard about you know, the TED Talks about the power pose. I actually think it's a very godly thing where we actually go, yes! Because it's training our body that victory is good, victory feels good, let's keep moving. It makes the journey worthwhile because this is going to come up again and I'm, I'm chasing that feeling. It's almost like you're training your body to want that to do that again. So David, when he brought back the ark from the Philistines, Steins. He brought it back. It was a great victory for Israel. He didn't go, oh, praise God, let's give you know, a bit of a chauffeur. No, he danced around the, Greek, the Hebrew word kara and another Greek word, uh, so Hebrew word, which means to twirl violently under the force of emotion so as to detach the arms and legs. He span and jumped and ran and danced before the Lord in such a powerful way. And I, and I wonder how much we need to remember the power of celebration that we go, you know what? I did do a good job. I'm going to celebrate that accomplishment. I'm going to treat myself to something. You know, thank God for him helping me, but I'm also going to, I'm going to reward me. Some of you are going, well, that doesn't sound very Christian. 
Well, why is it we're out there applauding someone who does a great shot on the tennis court? Yeah, yeah, Djokovic, whatever. They want to, someone we don't even know hits a ball and we, we, yeah, and we do something that we should be proud of. And we're like, oh, I did okay. I should, I should, I should do it more often. I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm okay. We need to celebrate. So learn how to win. Second last one, wonder, wonder, W-O-N-D-E-R, wonder. David knew how to wonder. How inquisitive are you? Do you ask a lot of questions or you just sort of take things as they are and just move on to the next thing? Be someone who asks questions. Be an inquirer, an inquisitive person. David in Psalm 119, verse 25 to 37, he talks about the whole, I'll let you go through that later, but Psalm 119, verse 25 to 37, talks about him inquiring of the Lord. Are you a curious person? Do you ask questions? I, I recently talked to my mum and she said that uh, when I was three, apparently, she never told me this, but when I was three, she said, Michael, you've always been really curious. When you were three years old, I popped you up on the, while I was doing the dishes in the days when there was no washing, you know, dishwashers. So up there, so probably I was helping, you know, slave labour, uh, doing, doing the dishes. And about the whole time we are doing the dishes together, I was asking questions about angels. So, Mum, can I, can I, are there angels looking after me now and watching me? Can, can, I, can I name the angels? <laughs> Some of you are thinking, look at me now, going, oh, that, that explains Michael's imaginary friends when he was growing up. No, 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 no. There are spiritual beings. There are ministering spirits that are sent to guard and watch. And, you know, they're not the Holy Spirit, but they are divine entities. We've been given char- they've been given charge over us, and we've been given authority in some ways over them. But you know what? I was asking questions about how that all works, and I think, God, I don't want to lose that inquisitive spirit. Ask of the Lord, James says. Ask for wisdom, and he will give it to you. Sometimes the most wise thing we can do is just pray this prayer. Lord, I don't know the answer, but... I know you do help. That's inquiring of the Lord. All right, last one, and then I want to sing a song and we're going to close. Last one is wash. David knew how to wash. If we had a sign up on the front of your house, one of those signs they show in workplaces, especially industrial sites or where there's safety issues, you know, number of days since last accident, you know, 17, it's crossed off and... What would be in the front of your house? Number of days since last sin. <laughs> I don't know if I'd get past a day or two or a couple of hours. You know, just, just, just attitudes and thoughts and not trusting God or murmuring. You know, I'm thinking, okay, I wouldn't do so well at that. But David, he knew how to come before God with confession. So Psalm 51, verse 9 to 11, we'll read that one. Hide my sins from your face. Erase all my guilt by your saving grace. Keep creating in me a clean heart. Fill me with pure thoughts and holy desires ready to please you. May you never reject me and may you never take me from your sacred spirit. He knew how to come before God. You know, the, the, the issue of the 21st century is not just a, a lack of hope or some catastrophic conspiracy about a governmental or climatic system it's actually the weight of sin okay i found this on the web for ousley about climate system check it out (laughs) thank you siri (laughs) it's the weight of guilt silence (laughs) it's the weight of guilt and sin that's troubling people 
You know, people go, why do you think people go on TikTok and all these things on Facebook to titillate the mind and brain? Because basically, if we're left with our own thoughts and just the own choice of our life, it's horrifying how dirty and how hopeless we are without God. We try and puff up our life, make it seem meaningful, and there's virtue signaling to make us feel like we, we actually we have some nobility of existence. But at the end of the days, we are wickedly and depressedly in need of a saviour. Every single human on this planet, every single one of us, whether you're from a nice Christian home or you you're grew up in a, in, a, in, a, in a really rough situation and there's violence, we are all just, just lost in need of a saviour. And so there's only one cure, one remedy for this, and, and teachers and coaches and parents, God, God bless you on your quest. You can help show the way. But there is only one person who is the way, the truth and the life. His name is Jesus. Jesus is the way for your life. If you want to find a way to life, find a way to have the best life that you've been given, come to the Creator. Build your life on Him. I'd like us to stand and sing this song, Build My Life. As we sing this, just let those words of the song wash over you as you commit yourself to him. No no one wants to be the first person to stand. Please stand, please stand with me. Your Lord and lead me in your.
your love to those around me. trust in you alone and I will not I will build my life will build my life upon your love it is a firm foundation and I will put my trust in you alone and I not be shaken. Let's close our eyes just for a minute. Let's close your eyes with me just for a second. I'm just going to ask you a question. Firstly, for those of you who've been on this journey with me, learning how to worship, learning how to wise up to who we're called to be, learning how to work with the right spirit and for the right reasons, Learning how to war when we need to fight. Even for those of us who are not fighters, we know there's a fight in the spirit that God wants us to lay hold of Him and to push through. To learn how to celebrate, to win, to be grateful for those moments of victory that lead us in triumph in God and waiting for that next opportunity. The ability to wonder at God's awesome majesty and to continue to ask Him how that works. Lord, teach me your ways. And most importantly, how to wash, how to be clean, not by our own striving, by our own efforts, our own deeds, but by surrendering to the Lordship of Jesus and saying, Jesus, would you wash me? If you're here this morning, you say, I need to be washed. I need a fresh start. I need to know Jesus as my Savior. I want to come to him this morning. I want to be a lifelong learner, but first thing I want to learn is how to be a Christian how to give my heart to God and to trust Him. If you'd like to say yes to that question, I'd love to pray for you this morning as you say yes to Him. No person can do this for you. It's just between you and Jesus. A simple word that says, yes, Lord, I invite you into my heart. I want to follow you. If that's you this morning, I'd like to pray a prayer for you. Everyone's eyes are closed, but I'd like just to ask you, who do if you'd like to say yes, if you just slip up your hand so I can see it and you can slip it down again. God bless you. Fantastic. At the back there, in the middle, on the side. And upstairs and look up as well. If you're online, you want to say yes to God. Just want you to just raise your hand. Say, God, yes, I say yes to you. The world has tried to put me in a box, but I'm, I'm stepping out of that box today. And I'm saying yes to Jesus. This last time I'm asking if that's you, if I haven't, if I haven't seen your hand. If you'd like just to raise your hand again so I can see your hand. Yeah, the back there. Fantastic. Why don't we all say this prayer together as we continue to commit our life and our ways to Him. Just repeat after me. Lord Jesus, thank You for dying for me. Thank You that You love me so much that You waited for me to come and say yes to You. So Lord, I say yes with all my heart. 
I turn away from my sin and I ask you to forgive me. Wash me clean. And I'm going to serve you and walk with you all the rest of my life. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Can we give those people a hand that raised their hands? It's fantastic. So good. Saying yes to God. Saying yes to God. Thanks, Pastor Jeff. Thank you so much, Michael. You know, people online were there while you were preaching, saying this is a word from God. Thank you for sharing your wisdom with us. Can we just show our appreciation to Michael and just say thank you. Thank you for all that you're doing. And by the way, again, if you have got some questions or you'd just like to know more about the King's Worship Academy, Michael will be out there in the cafe for you. And uh, speaking of people being out there and available for you, uh, I know Ray and Kate, you're going to be in the prayer space out there. Pastor Bruce is online to pray with people that need prayer. Uh, before we go, I, I want to pray for you that this week will be a great week for you. It'll be a week where you walk with God. I don't know what the circumstances look like, but I do know the one who will walk with you through every single one of those. I pray that the message this morning will strengthen you in some way. Rather, next Sunday morning, of course, it's our future Sunday. We're going to stop and take a glimpse at this year to come and what we believe God has for us. I'd love you to be a part of it. Let's pray. Father, we thank You for all that lies in front of us. Michael has helped us today, Lord, to think about growing into our tomorrows. But God, none of us know what this week will look like in terms of events or circumstance. But Father, I know You'll be there to strengthen us. You'll be there to help us, to give us that wisdom we need. I pray for every single person here. God, let them go out of here with a sense of You walking with them into whatever this week holds. Lord, help us to be a blessing as much as we are blessed. We thank You for that in the mighty Name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for being a part of this day today. Congratulations again to all the Jig and Jack family. Well done. God bless you all. Hope we see you somewhere soon. God bless. Thank you.